Welcome back to another episode of Cinema Club, everybody. I'm Jared. And I'm Erica. And thanks for tuning in, coming back, listening to us talk about movies and TV <laughs> and Jonathan Major's amazing yeah, arms. It's been a minute, so. It's been some time. Happy spooky season. Ooh. I hope everybody has gotten their list of horror films together and are going through them. I know I have, and I'm enjoying them quite a bit. Same. Um, I've watched I've watched so many horror movies recently. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like subconsciously preparing for spooky season. Um, a lot of them being okay. A lot of them being not so okay. Uh, but we'll get into that later. So yeah. Yeah, I've I've also I've been watching a lot a lot of horror movies as well. Um, mainly. CNN, ABC, any like major like news, um, news broadcast as well as Twitter and social media. Those have been like real, really intense um, and gruesome horror <laughs> films and horror content I've been getting into. So that's been really exciting. Um, and yeah, it's been really, it's been really great. You know, October first. 2020 October kicked off to a, a hell of a start, if I say so myself. Speaking of, or not speaking of, I did just get my ballot in. Yay! Yay, yeah, I got my ballot in. I have a feeling all, if not most, of our listeners are registered to vote, are voting, are planning on voting. But if you haven't yet, please, please, please go vote and go register to vote. You know, your vote counts. Your vote matters. It's really important, so do it. Um, yeah, I got my ballot in and you know what I love to see saying that ironically, um, yeah, Kanye West's name was on the ballot. Um, and you know, it was honestly, quite frankly, really frustrating to see. Um, I, I had a conversation with my roommate about it and I don't, I'm not deeply concerned about it. You know, I, I don't feel that he will like pull a lot of like votes away from other people, but it is disheartening to see. And, you know, we'll dig into this a lot more later in the podcast when we talk about a interesting film of 2020 Antebellum. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's good, not good that it's coming up, but it's coming up and it is helpful to the larger conversation we have for tonight's today's episode but yeah i i'm not very very concerned but then again that's what i was saying in 2016 in november like you were not concerned there then and i was not concerned and no look where we are I mean, now yeah i i left to go eat at a restaurant when that used to be a thing and like kind of relaxed and and then i got home and i turned on the tv and i saw what was happening so, you know, who's to say? I have, I'm confident in my generation and people that are like-minded. And I feel like the current events that we're living through, you know, is really just going to encourage people to vote and really let people know that their vote matters, you know. Like, if your vote didn't matter, people wouldn't be trying to suppress it in every from every angle, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's what's going to fucking fix it. You got to vote. 
I don't know. I feel like I, I'm I'm putting good energy out there and I'm putting, you know, I'm using the secret um, and I'm going to like talk it into existence. Well, so one of the films we watch is Antebellum, which is a 2020 American horror film released on video demand very recently. It is produced by Monkey House, which is Jordan Peele's production house. It stars Janelle Monet in the lead. And yeah, it's a, um, it is an interesting film for sure. It was one that I had on my radar pretty early for a number of reasons. Uh, the first one being I love horror. I love black horror. And from its idea and from the trailer and kind of from what, you know, we had heard from it before its release had a lot of promise. There was a lot going on for it. Well, the, the film is kind of split into like three different sections in an interesting way. So in the first part of the film, we follow this character, Eden, who's played by Janelle Monet, And, you know, it, it's showing her life on a plantation in what we assume is the antebellum South during the Civil War. And right around the 30-minute mark, it shifts dramatically. It follows Veronica, who's also played by Janelle Monet in modern day, where she has a husband and a kid and is a writer and a public speaker. And there's some little, like, hints or semblances of the, like, first 30 minutes of the film in there of, like, the little girl who, like, lives in the house... And, you know, there's, like, little bits and pieces like that. But essentially, this middle half of the movie basically ignores the first part of the movie. Um, It's, like, its own separate film. And then right around the second act, climax, is when we start to understand that Veronica's character is actually Eden. And she's been kidnapped and put into this horrifying plantation in modern day that is a part of this civil war recreation um, amusement park and she ends up escaping and killing some of her captors and rides away into the sunset on the back of a horse and that's pretty much the movie i can already tell you know just by the way that you've given us that description that you may not have really liked this movie huh You know, the thing with this movie, I think going into it, it had some, it it gave me hopes and ideas of what it was going to be or what I thought it was going to be. And it ended up being none of that, right? I mean, we, we presented this film that was a black horror film that had some instances that, you know, it's, it was a slave film and then others, you know, that it was this modern horror film and there was going to be some sort of blending of that right whether it would be something magical or whether it would be something um sci-fi you know like time traveling or something like that and it ends up being none of that it ends up being just a couple of rednecks living in the backwoods who kidnap black people and hold them as slaves in 2020 I, I, I think most importantly and first for me, this film fails to hold any like grit or teeth primarily of its characters and its story as well, right? Uh, we have this character, Veronica slash Eden, who we don't really know anything about, right? I mean, the one in the first part of the movie, 
she is a slave and she goes through these horrific torturous tortures and acts done upon her that we've seen in too many movies at this point. And then it transitions to her in modern day. And it, and it's a really bland picture of a character. I mean, she's this public speaker who's written books and, you know, fights subtle racist people on light on national television. And she has like pictures of Obama on the wall, which made me roll my eyes in a way. And, and, and there was also the thing too, where like her husband was like in the back and he was like cooking breakfast. And then she was like talking to her daughter about like modern problems. And it, and it, it just felt disingenuous. It felt, it just felt empty. It didn't feel like there was any substance to it. You know, it didn't feel like there was, it didn't feel like there were real people behind these ideas and these characters in a way that I couldn't grab onto it. You know, I agree. Like, I feel like the very beginning of this was like essentially torture porn. There's very little to learn about her. And I feel like, but like, that's it, right? Like, what does she want? I mean, like the, and the slave, the slave portion of the film aside we can we can discuss that in a separate piece but like in the modern part who is she what is like what what's her what are her wants what are her desires that are besides like these very one-dimensional ideas you know that one part where she's talking to her friend at some point um in like modern day where they're like getting ready for a restaurant or something and she's like basically talking about like how like her home life is like you know when I'm at home I feel like I'm at work when I'm at work I feel at home I feel like they really just threw that in there to make it seem like to like cover that base they're like oh if we just say this it'll make it sound like we're showing like her aspirations and like her flaws and and you know what what she strives to be and what where she is and where there's room for improvement I feel like they crammed that all into like that one interaction you know, that took, like, 20 seconds, and it just wasn't enough. But to... nobody actually but nobody actually talks to anybody like that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's also not enough. I can't figure out someone, what they want, who they are, what obstacles they're experiencing by them, like, saying something so relatable that it's, like, honestly just generic well it's it's that let's say let's take that scene in particular right because it's that it's first it's her at home right with her family and then it's the scene there's like a little bit in between that but then it's her at that in her hotel room with her friend right so in the scene before this it shows her shows her relatively being a loving wife right and shows her being a loving mother you know she's there she's present she's speaking to them they're having a good conversation and then she leaves for work and then it's her with her friend and then but then she just tells us right what you could do or what like what they should have done is like take those two scenes put them together and show us they they there was way too much telling us of what was happening and not enough showing it was both because i feel like they're also just like showing too much and not enough like that that transition from her uh, from her like you know, having a loving moment with her husband, her child, and, like, hopping on a weird Zoom call and then, like, being a little bit more protective of her child to transitioning to, like, her in the workplace and, like, her having, you know, a night out with her friends. I feel like that was almost, like, too much. That was, like, look at the range that this woman has. She's, like, a boss bitch and, you know, she has a family and she's 
good at that too. Like, I feel like, I don't know, just like, yeah, if, I get it. You know, you can fucking multitask. Show us more. Sure, she can do it all, but can she? Like, where where is she falling apart? That's, to me, like, there just wasn't enough. You have to have dynamic three-dimensional characters that have true, di- you know, have a want, have a need, have a flaw. And all the characters here lacked that. Like, they all just, they didn't have any sort of uniqueness, you know? There there wasn't anything here that, like, made me stand out. You, if, if you could make the voices of all the characters the same and close your eyes... You couldn't tell the difference between any of them. I'm cut, I'm cutting this part out. I'm just gonna fucking rant right here, right? Okay, like there was there was there was nothing that was special or different about any of the characters that like made you care enough so that when it when the stakes got higher, that they already showed you in the beginning of the film. The stakes were already like really high at the start of the film, and then you level back down to make us care. But then we don't care at that point already, right? Because like we we don't have anything to care about. We're like, oh, here's this flat one-dimensional character and 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 then yeah like the with the i'm not i can't even have this part I, I'm, <laughs> no no i get it I like, I'm, I'm even thinking about like jenna malone's character sure she's a racist white lady you know is like all for uh larping i just want to know why like is it you, cool you're racist but why are you racist is it because like you know it's just like the, get out is like the perfect example of this right where like the racists in that film like we are given why they're doing what they're doing and it's not even it's not even like spent on too long where it detracts from our protagonist's story or at that time it's very simply like or the you know the guy that he's getting switched over with he tells him i want your eyes that's and that's it like and it, and it makes sense right and but but there isn't any of that in this, you know, and any, and not even just in the antagonists, but any of the characters. Who is her husband? Who is her kid? Who is her best friend? And and that's and that's besides the point of some of the issues with this film and the way it. I mean, I mean, it is a it's a slave film, and the the unnecessariness un is that a word unnecessariness? That's not a word. Well, first I want to preface. There are some really amazing articles out here about this film. There's a really good one I want to point everyone out to if you're interested in. It's in a vulture, and I'm blanking on the writer's name, but they have some really good articles about this film and about slave epics of the past, you know, 10, 12 years that are really interesting, worthwhile to read. Um, And we'll probably explore this topic in a more nuanced and coherent way than I will be ranting about in this podcast but it's it's a very challenging space to work in as a black woman in slavery that you ha- you have to you obviously have to get that right to get it right but this film like misses it so deeply it it really it not only like missteps but it just like it just takes like a left turn in all the wrong directions. You know, I, I was wondering when I was watching this, I was like, who is this for? Who is this movie really for? In contrast of the films and TV that we've been watching, Jared, where there's just like such beautiful and thoughtful story and character arcs of that have black representation, this just like absolutely falls flat. 
And it sucks because I love Janelle Monet. I mean, I, yeah, I had, I thought this movie was going to like dive into like some Afrofuturism or like going like some Toni Morrison, like some sort of like magical realism elements, which would have been really interesting, which would have been honestly super cool. I would have been on board, <sighs> but yeah. it's twist. And I kind of already did spoiler alert, but like it's twist of like, it's, it's the modern day and people just kidnapping black people in cities and taking them back to these plantations. You just, you, you have a good idea here. You just didn't, you don't follow through with it. I mean, it's kind of like with everything in it, right? Like it's all very, not even half baked. All I got from this movie was like, it's just like, even, even with the twist, all I got from the movie is white people, bad black people, sad you know this is just one of those bad movies that anyone listening like you have to just like watch it for yourself because as much as we're not huge fans of it i think you know although we've already ruined it for you it's just one of those films that you know you can't you can't judge other people's reviews you just have to watch it yourself and then you know you'll probably also decide it's bad but it's better that you you know you figure it out on your own yeah Yeah, it's good that you have your own thoughts uh i will say I want more, and I'm glad that we're talking about it on this po- on this podcast. But I want more black voices talking about movies, especially these movies. If anything came to my attention after watching this movie and reading about it and the dis- discourse over it, is that we need more black voices talking about films, not just black films, but films in general. There's not enough, and we gotta have more. So I'm glad we got to talk about it on this podcast. That was us on <laughs> on Antebellum. Such a disappointment. Um, and you know what's even better is that it's our review of this other film that we watched this week. Yeah, and that movie was Assassination Nation. Um, this movie came out a couple years ago in 2018, and it follows uh, a gaggle of high school seniors. Four girls um, doing, like, bad teen shit, you know? They're, like, sending nudes. They're having parties and drinking. Um, and they live in Salem, uh, which happens to go absolutely batshit because of a intense and large digital privacy leak. A hack? Huh? And for some reason, it gets uploaded into this uh, accessible cloud for, like, everyone in the fucking world. Like, okay, sure. Um, and, you know, it gets uploaded as if, like, there's just, like, one folder with your name on it and it has, like, all of your photos that have been saved on your computer or phone. Like, if you've thought it and typed it into the Google machine, it's there. So, like, all of the fucked up porn that you watch and all of the terrible photos that you take of your cat and of your puss are also there. So... At some point in the film, we uh, the four these four girls get blamed for uh, said hack, and it becomes you know a witch witch hunt essentially for the four of them um, by all kinds of people, by everyone in their town, by like teen boys that they went to school with, by their teachers, by cops, by their neighbors, by their lovers, and it's just like one fucking hot scary mess. I didn't hate it, but this movie kind of sucks. <laughs> Like, I get, I get being, like, fearful of, like, having your whole life um, uploaded into, like, 
the interweb and like knowing that everything that you upload will be there forever, no matter what you do. And I realize that that's real, you know? Um, but I also like don't get like if half of like if half of your town gets like all of their embarrassing and like terrible and evil shit leaked, like you would think that you're like less embarrassed and like less mad about it, you know? Yeah, my dirty laundry has been aired out, but like honestly, yours were filthier. So that was like plot hole number one for me. I well, <laughs> um, yeah, you know this film. I so something I've been thinking about lately is like what is the purpose of a movie you know what is what is this movie bringing doing and saying to a conversation to society to our lives at large and 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 I asked that question about this movie of like what is this movie you know post 2016 I would argue post 2001 you know the conversation in America and conversation in the world has been heavily influenced and driven by social media and the internet and sort of where films and the conversation falls on that is between internet social media is good internet social media is bad and this i don't know where i could put it on that plot but i think the biggest thing for me with this movie is that it isn't able to muster a strong enough voice or opinion to be in that range right it is sort of to me, it's it's one of those we live in a society movies, meaning like there's a lot of bad shit that's going on and we don't have solutions for it. But like that doesn't matter. So like here's a middle finger. And I'm not saying that movies need to give us answers. In fact, I think the best movies give us questions. And to me, this movie doesn't give us answers, nor does it ask us any questions. It sort of just gives us 90 minutes or however long this movie is of pretty visuals and 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 we'll give that the movie is beautiful it kind of just gives us that and a lot of like hot takes and like snippy little tweets i wanted this film i hope for this film to be so many things and maybe that that's part of the issue is that i was hoping for this film to to not necessarily answer a lot of questions but to but to be so much more right you have this platform you have this space which, in my opinion, should not be coming from this point of view or from this voice. But regardless, and I and I, ju- I just wanted more from it. I ho- I expected more from it. I hoped for more from it, and and I, and I just kind of didn't get it. I understand what message this film is trying to give, you know, and because it's it's <laughs> it hits you over the head because it is actually told to you verbatim at the end of this movie, um, with one of the characters like monologue, and it's basically like. You can kill me, but there are hundreds of thousands of girls like me, and we're going to do whatever the fuck we want because we're women and you can't tell me how to live my life, and I'm not going to take the blame for your white man mistakes. You know? Like, I get it. Like, that's the that's the movie. That's the, That's what this movie is trying to tell me. It's not the message that I hate. It's just, like, even though that is the message it, it is trying to give, is it? Because, like... I feel like this is just one of those films that is, like, made to just live out the stylistic, like, and aesthetic dreams of someone making it. You know what I mean? This is just one of those films. And you can tell from the opening credits. You can tell from, you can tell at any point of this movie. It's just, like, it's made to look the way it looks, I feel like. And that's, and that's really what it does for me because it looks great. You know, as much as I can shit on this movie, there are scenes that I love. Like, there's a scene in this film where... 
Abra's character, I can't remember her name, um, you know, her house is being broken into by a bunch of, like, dudes that want to kill her and her mm. friends. Oh, that was a... That was a good. This, that, this is a good. Yeah, a good and scene. and yeah. I love the scene because it just follows every character moving throughout the house, and it's shot from the exterior of the home, and you can see them moving in and out of every room, and like being hunted down slowly by men breaking into the house very quietly. It's one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite scene of the film because it's fucking fun. And 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 I agree. You know that that scene is beautiful, and and this is something that came up. In, a con- in some conversations I had around 1917 last year and how a lot of films nowadays, t- to me, the the basis of film, and I'm biased here because I'm a screenwriter, the basis of film is the script, is the story. You don't have a film. I mean, you don't have a film with all the pieces, but like the basis of all art is the, is the story, whether it's film, whether it's music, whether it's literature, even art, like everything is based around the story, the characters, the world, the setting, all those things, right? If you don't have that, you don't have a film that works. You know, I mean, you can have a film that works, but for the sake of this argument, you don't, right? And with 1917, this film, that's all one take. It's one long take. But who who are the people within that film? You know, and, and, and I think 1917 has some good characterization and good story. But when I was talking about 1917 with a friend, they were saying how that films aren't meant to, like, make us kind of lean back and on amazement of, like, it's technical marvel and it's, like, gusto and savviness in the ways that they can shoot and light and, like, frame things. They're meant to, like, draw us in, right? They're meant to, like, bring us into these characters and in these worlds and into these problems. They're meant to, like, make us lean into the story and, like, want to be so much closer, and, and and I agree, like, Assassination Nation has some truly beautiful, technically well-shot, amazing moments. But that, but that almost makes it worse, because it's, it's distracting us from what we should be caring about, which are the people, which are, is what we're watching, right? We shouldn't be leaning back and being like, wow, this is really beautiful to look at, and then you forget the names of the people and what's happening in the story. Another film that does something very similar is, like, The Neon Demon, which I love. But, like, the first and foremost, that movie is, like, an editorial. That movie is meant for the visuals, you know? And and that's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It just... Don't make it... Don't try to tell such an intense message if you're not gonna see it through. And, you know, it's interesting that we're talking about this and we just talked about Lingua Franca. Um... Because there, there is a there is a key moment in here in the film that stood out to me, that 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 was personally just like upsetting, and what I what I loved about Lingua Franca was that it had this trans story and this trans character. It had a trans character, and we didn't have any intense moments of violence. You know, it didn't have this this extreme transphobia that has been like the only representation. Of trans characters and trans people in movies that's that's all it's been right for the longest time it's the same with like antebellum and like slave stories and slave films is like the only thing we've gotten or we had gotten for the longest time with black stories were stories about pain and violence and sadness and sorrow and it's kind of just until recently i mean there have been older examples but until kind of quite recently that we've gotten nuanced and dynamic and different stories of the black experience and what lingua franca does so great is it it provides that 
right? And in this, with Bex's character, we, we don't get that at all, right? I mean, we we nearly see her get hung um, in a right. suburb. Right. I, I get, like, I, I think I understand what you're saying. I think you're saying, like, all that there is to, unfortunately, to Bex's character, it's honestly the same issue that we had with Antebellum, right? It's like being trans is her character, and like the main yes. like you know story of her character so she experiences these struggles but like but that shouldn't necessarily define that's not the only thing that defines her if i could recommend anything it is watch all the movies we talk about before listening to our podcast i know we're saying this on the you know later half of the podcast on episode 9 but yes that's what you should yeah. do you know, we've talked enough about shit that we didn't like this week. Um, you know what I did fucking like? I just finished. Oh. I, I think you know, but I just finished the newest episode of Lovecraft Country because you know we had to talk about it again. Um, oh, my God. So good. Listen, I'm here for... I'm here for these, like, shady-ass deals that Christina makes with, like, every single person being a little fucking sneaky motherfucker and, like, making promises to Letty, making, like, deals with Tick and making deals with the sister. And you know what else I kind of lived for but I was also confused about? I was here for that gay shit. That's what I was here for. I, okay, wait, wait, wait. When you, I'm, I'm, because you text me that and I kind of forgot about it. (laughs) What are you talking about? When I say I'm here for the gay shit? But when I say that gay shit, I mean the gay shit that between Christina and Ruby because I'm fucking here for it. But I'm also like, is it, is it gay? Like, I don't know. Like, is it, I don't know. In my head, it is. So I like it. It's great. I, uh, well, first, and you already know what I'm going to bring up, but I am here for this creepy, strange horror stuff going on. I obviously... I'm a big fan of the horror, but this episode in particular, there was this weird kind of fantastic, I mean, the entire show is like fantastical horror, but there was something truly disturbing about tonight's episode that like really just got into my skin and I loved it, which is crazy, right? I I mean, there's a whole thing we could talk about the intricacies of enjoying horror and loving horror and the catharsism of it, um, catharticism of watching horror. But tonight's episode, or this week's episode, was really, really good. It reminded me, and I'm saying this in respect to Erica text me it, because she saw it first, of like, there's some Jordan Peele sort of vibes horror going on with the two... The twins. um, Uncle Tom's Cabin twins. That were just, oh, they were... I'm going to have nightmares about them tonight. Oh, God. Like, it literally, like, felt like it was pulled out of us, didn't it? Yes. Also, Ugh. on a side, sorry, just a side note about that. I've realized that there's literally nothing scarier than someone fucking menacingly dancing towards you. Like, at least if someone's running towards you, they're like getting there quick and, you know, like run, like, but if they're dancing towards you, they're like making their way they're by just, dancing at you. They're, they're just playing with you. They're just fucking it's with over. you. They're it's overconfident. Over. That's cocky shit. You know, it's like, I'm going to fucking yeah. take my time and fucking crump my way to you. And that's scary as fuck. You know, I've talked about it before, but I this show is really interesting to me because it's every episode, nearly every episode feels 
so unique within itself. You know, the episode before this, which has, um, oh my God, what's her name? Uh, George's wife. Um, Hippolyta? Hippolyta? Yeah, Hippolyta in this, like, Afrofuturism, like, sci-fi kind of world. And then this, you know, like, every episode is just, like, its own different genre. And it, like, has really given room for the directors or the writers or whoever is, like, behind each of these episodes to really just make it their own thing, which is really cool. You know, I think that's, we need more of that. And it's not quite an anthology, but I think that allows more freedom and space to just be creative. And we get to really see these, like, these voices stand out in each episode, you know, which is really cool. I'm, like, fucking here for it every day, every week. Yeah, I don't know. I can't wait. I, I watched the sneak peek for the next episode and um, the little girl. I can't fucking remember what her name is. I didn't. Is it huh? going to be It's gonna be good? Yes. I mean, like, the little girl, she got, like, fucked up this episode by those twins. Sorry. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. And I feel like... The, in like the sneak peek it was like her like laying on a couch or like a little cot like looking really sick and and here they are fucking making sneaky deals with christina again like you know they're like please help us you're you got the magic and then ruby's like all cocky and chick she's like i know you want this so and you'll do anything for this wop so you better do what i say and you're not gonna hurt my sister and that's what the sneak peek essentially was wow why are they so sneaky? I don't, I'm saying I don't, I don't know, but I'm I'm here for it. Have you been watching the Luca show? The yes, Luca we are who we are. Yeah. I, okay, I am. Is it good? Have you been watching it? No. Ugh. Okay. Well, maybe we'll talk about it the next episode. It's good, and it's like when I first started watching, I was like, oh my god, it's that actor from It, um, and yeah. he looks way more like grown up and he looks like he's honestly like two feet taller and like Luca does something so well and it's like making bringing so much tension to scenes that it makes it truly uncomfortable and like that like it's hard to watch it's like there are are scenes involving our main character Frasier and his mom like their relationship is like off the walls and there are so many interactions between the two of them like even in the first episode that make me like so deeply uncomfortable that i i should i want to look away um but you know i pay for hbo so you know like looking away is like almost like wasting like 50 cents so i'm gonna i'm gonna watch something i've thought about all these like big budget like visual effect movies i wonder how many like visual effects and things we miss when we blink. Like, I wonder, like, how much money we miss watching every time we blink while we're watching a movie. I bet it's, like, you know, at least, like... Tens or hundreds of thousands. I mean, think about, like, the budget of the Avengers is, like, over $200 million. Right. But those... But you, like, rewatch those, you know? And that's, like, why everyone's like, oh, I watched it the second time and I missed so much the first time, you know? I mean, not, yeah, I mean, I'm meaning in, like, one viewing. Like, what oh, yeah. is what is the cost? I want to know my exact cost of a blink watching mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame. I want, we should open a study. Scientists, yeah. we have any scientists listeners. Exactly. We, sh- we uh, need to go in 
to the next when, when we can go back into movie theaters we should go like fucking a clockwork orange mm. and have like mm. i i spreaders i honestly probably will um i'm really excited about um i'm excited a friend and i have been talking about getting oysters and oh. And I, like, think that's what I'm going to do this weekend. I'm going to eat some oysters. I haven't had fresh oysters in, like, a hot minute. And I feel like just, like, my mouth is watering thinking about it. I'm really excited. It's something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, I know that's not that interesting, but I cannot wait to just slurp down oysters and then shamelessly um, chug, like, the mignonette that comes with them. Is that what it, I think that's the right way to say it, right? Like, the, the vinegar mixture. Um, I'm super into uh, drinking vinegar because I'm disgusting. Um, literally, my mouth is watering. So I can't wait to, to do those things together, you know? Um, what about you? I have never had oysters before. So well, I think that's tackle. great, though. I think... Um, uh, I'm looking forward to keep watching some of my spooky movies. I'm, you know, for the past two years, mm-hmm. I've made a list for myself of scary movies to watch. And both years I've failed to, like, complete those lists. But this year, I'm committed. I've got no excuses. I have no Halloween parties to go to. I have no midterms to complete. I got nothing. So I have no excuse I'm really looking forward to watching all 31 of my unseen, previously unseen horror movies. And I'm very excited about it. I can't wait. Ooh. Okay. And I guess I should probably sign off because people are busy. They they need to get to watching the movies that we just talked about. So thanks again for listening to Cinema Club. Uh, we can't wait to talk to you again next week. If you want to stay in touch, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at CinemaClurb, also on Twitter. Um, and you can subscribe to our Apple podcast or Spotify. And we will talk to you again next week. So until then, um, good luck and goodbye.